Welcome back to the Lair Cryptic Crew. Did you know that there are two kinds of ghost ships? The first that we're going to be exploring today is the ship that turns up completely devoid of life aboard. One of the things that makes it a ghost ship is there never seems to be a reason why the passengers and crew have either all disappeared or in one case, died. No damage to the ship, no notes, just vanished or dead. Grab your salt, your iron, whatever protective magic you've got, and maybe pack some water wings, Crypty Crew. We're exploring ghost ships with vanishing people. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Cryptically Yours Creepy Tales. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at crypticallyyours.com to become an official member of the Cryptic Crew and keep up to date on the latest news. You can also look for us on your favorite social media platform, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Check out our website for links and details. The first ship we're going to explore is that of the SV Cats 2. It's been called the Ghost Yacht after being found 88 nautical miles off the coast of Australia on April 20th, 2007 near the Barrier Reef. The three men on board were all somewhat experienced sailors. Two of them had sailed since they were 18 and even worked in the radio rooms of the Volunteer Sea Rescue. The trip they'd planned wasn't a huge one, really. They weren't planning to circle the globe, just Australia, and planned on making port along the way. When they set off on April 15th, all seemed well until a helicopter spotted the Cats 2 drifting three days later. On the 20th, authorities boarded the ship and found things to be a bit weird. A bit weird, in this case, meant perfectly normal, just no sign of the men. There were no problems with the boat, the emergency systems, including radio and GPS, were functioning perfectly. Food was on the table, and the table was even set for a meal. There was even a laptop on, and all the life jackets were there. Really, the only two things of note were that one of the sails was badly shredded, and a life raft was missing. But... Since there was a smaller boat on the stern of the ship, there may not have been a life raft to begin with. An investigation really didn't produce anything but theories. Speculation that they'd hit a storm and all three ended up overboard seemed to be the prevailing idea. However, since two of the three of them had been sailing for decades, it begs the question of why they wouldn't have put their life jackets on if water became choppy and rough. Arrogance, maybe? Overconfidence? Mm, possibly. 
None of the three of them were considered good swimmers, so if they had fallen overboard, there's little chance they'd have been able to climb back on a board. Some think that since the fenders of the boat were out, the ship had been boarded by pirates and the men were forced to leave. But video shows the men sailing with the fenders down, as with a smaller boat, it's just not required to raise them. Whatever happened to the three men remains a mystery, as no sign of them has ever been found. The question regarding SS Urang Madan is still a matter of what happened to the crew, even though they were all found on board. Back in the 1940s, the Dutch vessel was passing through the Strait of Malacca when something happened. What exactly? Nobody's been able to figure out to this day. What we do know is that a distress call went out. All officers, including Captain Dead, lying in chart room and on bridge, probably whole crew dead. Then there was a burst of chaotic Morse code that couldn't be deciphered. And then the radio operator's last transmission was a simple two words. I die. Three U.S. ships responded to the distress call. When the ship was located and rescuers boarded, it was a horrifying sight. Every crew member was dead, their bodies laying on the decks. The worst part, however, was they were found, quote, teeth bared with their upturned faces to the sun, staring as if in fear. Not even the ship's dog was spared, as he was found frozen in mid-growl, his lip curled. The ship itself, however, appeared in perfect condition. But the story doesn't end there. Shortly after the ship was boarded, a fire broke out and rescuers had to flee. Not long after, the ship exploded so violently, it lifted completely out of the ocean, and when it crashed back down, it sank without a trace. Speculation is that the ship was hauling an illegal cargo of nitroglycerin and potassium cyanide. Given the tense situation in the world at the end of World War II, that sort of cargo certainly would have raised some eyebrows, which might explain why there's no legal record of it. In fact, the ship wasn't registered in Lloyd's shipping registers or any other official recording of the incident has been found. But witnesses' tales remain. Why all the secrecy? Some say that the ship was registered in Sumatra, and that's why Lloyd's doesn't have a record of it. Sounds reasonable. Others say that the reason it's so hard to find information on the SS Uran Madan is because, even almost a hundred years later, the truth is being deliberately hidden. Enjoying the show? I'd love to hear from you. Drop a comment below or visit crypticallyyours.com, sign up for the newsletter, and become an official member of the Cryptic Crew. If you have a suggestion for a future episode, be it your own experience 
or something you'd like us to look into, be sure to let us know. Who knows? Your idea might be our next creepy tale. Reviews would also be welcome at Podchaser, as well as your favorite podcast platform. Don't forget to hunt us down on social media. We're cryptically yours. Everywhere. The five-masted schooner Carol A. Deering set sail from Cape Hatteras, one of the most hazardous sections of the Atlantic coast. In fact, the area is referred to as the Graveyard of the Atlantic, thanks to the hundreds, if not thousands, of ships that have wrecked in the area. It's due to the Gulf Stream colliding with the Virginia Drift, a branch of the Labrador Current from Canada. The current forces southbound ships into a 12-mile-long sandbar known as the Diamond Shoals. And that's exactly what happened to the Caroline Deering. It ran aground against the Diamond Shoals. And if that's all that had happened, we'd probably never have heard of the ship. But when the Coast Guard boarded, the sails were set, food was laid out, and everything seemed perfectly normal. Except for the complete and utter absence of captain and crew. Lifeboats were gone. There was no sign of the 12 people who'd been on the ship. And if the crew had abandoned the ship, they'd have lowered the sails first. And, as always, theories ran wild. The Evening Star newspaper thought it had been a fight and mutiny. But wouldn't the mutiny mean that the crew took over the ship, not abandon it? And here's the thing. There were two other ships that disappeared in the same area. The Hewitt vanished that January with no trace of ship or crew to be found. Three years earlier, the USS Cyclops also vanished with all passengers and crew, almost 300 people in total. Speculation was that it was sunk by a German ship as part of World War I fighting, but zero evidence has ever been found. There's something else that all these three ships have in common. Their route was through the area that would later become known as the Bermuda Triangle. Despite some popular theories over the years, the Bermuda Triangle plays no role in what's probably the most famous ghost ship of its kind, the Mary Celeste. On December 4, 1872, the Mary Celeste was found drifting on the Atlantic Ocean, just off the Azores Islands. She was found by the Canadian brigantine, the Delgratia. By the way, I'll save you a Google. A brigantine is a two-masted ship, mast being the big poles that sails hang on, with the foremast, the one in the front, being square and at least two sails on the main. Chances are, if you ever find yourself imagining an old-fashioned ship with sails, you're picturing a brigantine. But back to our creepy tale. The captain of the Delgratia, one David Morehouse, 
was surprised to discover that the ship he'd found adrift was the Mary Celeste. It had left New York eight days before he did and should have already made it to Genoa, Italy. The boarding party found an odd scene. Below decks, the ship's charts had been tossed around, but all the crew's belongings were intact. The sole lifeboat was missing, and one of the two bilge pumps was in pieces. Three and a half feet of water was in the ship's bottom, but the 1,701 barrels of industrial alcohol were mostly accounted for, as was the six-month supply of food and water. Some stories claim that this captain's pipe was found still smoking on the deck. So, where was the crew? To date, despite theories, legends, and lore, nobody's been able to come up with an idea that everyone can agree with. Pirates were ruled out since the cargo was still aboard and the ship itself was intact. The captain, Benjamin Spooner Briggs, was a well-respected leader and experienced sailor. He also had his wife and toddler daughter aboard, so it's extremely unlikely that he was up to anything nefarious. Mutiny? (laughs) If so, why didn't the crew simply take over the ship and sail away? As with the Carol A. Deering, it seems a bit ridiculous to mutiny and then abandon ship. One theory suggests that alcohol vapors expanded in the heat and blew off the main hatch, causing fears of an explosion. But the hatch was secured when the boarding party arrived. Did crew members have a rousing party, drinking nine of the barrels that were found empty, and then all decide to go for a drunken night swim? Again? Not likely. First, there were only ten people aboard, one being Sarah, the captain's wife, the other, their two-year-old daughter, Sophia. That would mean that each man, including the captain, drank over a barrel of industrial alcohol each. The ship set sail November 5th, and the last log entry was 5 a.m. on November 25th. Let's do some math here, cryptic crew. There's 42 gallons per barrel. So that would mean an average of 2.1 gallons a day. You couldn't drink that much water without dying from hyponatremia or water intoxication, let alone industrial strength alcohol. No mention of drunken revelry or crew dying from alcohol poisoning was in the log, and they were found to drift 10 days after the log entry pretty sure that the crew cracking open nine barrels of booze would have been something the captain might have mentioned, along with the resulting burials at sea. So, what happened to the captain, his family, and the crew? As with the Kaz-2, the SS Orang Madan, and the Carol A. Deering, nobody knows. No evidence has ever been found to tell us what might have happened. It's said that the sea keeps her secrets, and it seems that the fates of these four ships and all the persons aboard will forever be among them. 
I'm afraid that's all there is for this episode, Cryptic Crew. So, do you think tonight's creepy tale was fact, fiction, or somewhere in between? You can drop a comment below, head over to crypticlyyours.com, or hunt us down on your favorite social media platform. Return to the lair next week and discover what else we've dug up for you. This is Grace Stone, your host, reminding you to always keep it creepy, cryptids. <laughs> <laughs>